everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, uh, we got an ex-Mormon who's being judgy about other ex-Mormons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, and the way that it relates to all of our listeners is that you hear a lot of what she has to say about ex-Mormons, and people like to say similar things about atheists a lot of times. Right. Here's the thing. Uh, for anybody that's left a church, she's taken you to task, and we're going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. You know, well, just this idea of having like doctrines and dogmas as a former member of a group. Yeah. Kind of weird. But so we'll, we shall see. We're going to dive into that. And yeah. guess what? What? We think she's a little silly. Um, <laughs> what? Spoiler alert. No, I take her very seriously. <laughs> All right, Dan. Um, yeah. I want to do a follow up a little bit on uh, something that we've talked about now, I think a couple weeks now on the show, um, or at least it's come up and then we kind of really addressed it. Uh, and that's the idea of like white Jesus. Right. White Jesus. White Jesus. So this is an ongoing saga um, of people rightfully pointing out the fact that um, the the European and North American version of Jesus is uh, racist. Um, wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, ra- it's yes, wrong, it's... and it's and it and it and it's uh, and it definitely leads to sort of this white supremacy sort of thing, right? Because like, right, hey, it's like it's a product God, of white supremacy. It leads to it, white supremacy. Yeah, like it's this. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, one Mr. Justin Welby, um, he's the head of the Church of England, of course. Um, he was on the BBC, uh, BBC Radio 4, and he was asked about, uh, what he thought about the Western image of Jesus and maybe if it should be reimagined. And he goes, sure. Yes, of course it does. Right. Um, and he, which I guess probably is not all that surprising when you know a few things about, you know, Church of England. Mm. But uh, he goes on. He says um, that he has seen Jesus portrayed in different countries during his travels. Um, you go into their churches and you don't see a white Jesus. You see a black Jesus or a Chinese Jesus or a Middle Eastern Jesus, which is, of course, the most accurate. Um, you see a Fijian Jesus. You see Jesus portrayed in as many ways as there are cultures, languages, and understandings, is what he says. Okay. And so... I've never seen a Fijian Jesus. <laughs> well, have you ever been to Fiji? Um, I have a feeling he might have been. Um, um yeah, sure, why not? But nonetheless, um, the, uh, this has caused a little bit of a stir in the UK, you know. Hmm. Uh, People are going to to disagree um, with with any sort of thing. Anyway, he was denounced by all sorts of types. I'm sure they're conservative types or whatever. Uh, Right. But um, one of the things that I think this raises is um, it kind of the question of if, you know, if, if you can create your God basically in your own image, right? Right. Like, what do you, 
what does it matter doesn't that just back up the whole thing that you are creating your god in your own image always you're you're like like right so it's it's just made manifest this thing that people already already do um and it's just so it just so happens that it's a little problematic extra problematic perhaps with white people because yeah, we really so, like to think we're the best, you know? It's just so funny. Uh, it's just like, I, if you are unwilling to just go with the historical guy that you're pretending is the, is the reason for your whole religion, like there's this dude that you're super into. He's your dude. Yeah. If you can't just go with him. Right. It, then you're making it up. Yeah. Then you're admitting that you're making it up. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, you, I think you got a bit of a problem there, guys. Yeah, let him be Middle Eastern. What's the problem? Yeah. You know what he looked like. We all know. Right. Like, if, you, if, if I showed you 22 pictures of, of dudes from different parts of the world and right. said, point to the guys that might be Middle Eastern, you're probably going to get it. Right. Yeah. And so or you know which one of these do you think Jesus actually looked like? Uh-oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's why is that so hard? Just getting back so around hard? to that. Why is that so hard? Well, there you go. I mean, it's uh I mean, because, because okay, here's here's my big thing though. So the Europeans and North Americans, if you tell them or or Christians in North America and uh in Europe, you you confront them and you say, Jesus wasn't white. And they're like, fuck you. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, no, fuck you. You like, of course he was. Right. Right. I just wonder about the Fijians. Yeah. Right? Like, like <laughs> how much, how much owners, like how much are they committed to Jesus being f- looking Fijian? Right. Yeah. And how, like, 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 like I think that's the difference here, right? And so I actually kind of might take a little bit of issue with with him just being so like, oh well, yeah, you well you see all these different ones and da 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 and right and it's like, well, but how like the Chinese do they really think like you know what I mean like are you yeah are you honoring the person right. who started your religion or are you honoring yourself? with that guy's image yeah. like yeah what are, exactly. what, what are you really trying to honor here your whiteness your whiteness yeah that's or your fijianness those guys are so <laughs> racist <laughs> people in well, fiji i think that there's like this sort of maybe even cynical attempt by you know the priest who comes comes to fiji Right. The, right. the European priest, let's face it, who right. come, missionary who comes to Fiji and is like, I'm going to convert them. Right. And he goes, right. it might be helpful. Right. Totally. If if this crucifix has somebody on it that looks like them. Although that could actually be kind of scary, to be honest. Yeah. They probably should double th- rethink <laughs> right. that one. Yeah. Some white dude's <laughs> like, hey, look, we killed this guy. What do you think of that? <laughs> he looks just like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a problem. <laughs> uh, there, there's just no good answer, Frank. There's no oh, good God. answer. They're they're backed into a corner. <sighs> oh, well, speaking of uh, no good answers, 
I am going to talk uh, a tale of two Supreme Court decisions today. Uh, the United States Supreme Court, it's a, it's a mixed bag these days. Oh, it's uh, interesting. It's fascinating. It's if it a wasn't hell of a so show. consequential, it would be fun right? to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, there could, there should be an MTV reality show about the SCOTUS, probably. But there isn't, so we're stuck just looking at their decisions, which are bizarre. Uh, this last week, we had a couple of very strange decisions. One of them, uh, one of them for our good, for mm -hmm. at least uh, for most, most atheists would say this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Which is that the Supreme Court uh, st struck down a Louisiana law that would have made uh, that would have closed pretty much all but one of their abortion clinics in right. the state. Right. Uh, it was a it was a five to four decision, and Chief Justice John Roberts was the one who uh, who normally votes conservative, but went over to the uh, but joined the the more liberal uh, justices. Uh -huh. In this thing, and basically, the law said that uh, every abortion clinic had to have doctors with admit admitting rights in a, in a local hospital. Right now, I don't even necessarily know a hundred percent what that means, <laughs> but it's a thing that they had to have, and the court said that's bullshit, and so abortions may continue apace. Well, it's not all peaches and cream coming out of the SCOTUS, however. Uh, mm -hmm. We should be clear uh, because. This is the weirdest of all possible timelines. Uh, they are <laughs> not, uh, you know, we, we may have gotten a good thing on the abortion thing, but then they also heard a, a case from Montana about a scholarship program that, I, that they Ugh. instituted for kids who were going to school, uh, primary and secondary school, K through 12, yeah. that allowed them to... Uh, uh, basically, they could, you know, they're, it's a voucher system. They're trying to give uh, state money to scholarships for kids to go to private schools. Right. And this uh, allowed them to, to use that money for uh, religious schools. Right. Well, in this country, I don't know if you know this, Frank. Uh, this is a little known fact that we have what's called a constitution. And that constitution says things like, hey... We're going to keep uh, religion and government separated, and the right. government's not going to fund religious things. Right. Uh, and, but that seems to not be how this is working, and the SCOTUS decided that that was fine, right. that it was totally fine for Montana to use its, uh, its uh, money, government money, for kids to attend private schools. I know the, the argument is, Religious is really ones. something something amazing, right? Like it's it's this idea that like um <clears throat> if you're offering the scholarship program right. for private schools and then you're going to discriminate against and th that's kind of their attitude that discriminate against the religious schools, right? Yeah. Then then you're then then you're using religion as as You're, like a test here or whatever, and we don't yeah. allow that under the Constitution. We protect individuals based on religion, and it's like, what? Right. That's we're, but we're this not, is an organization, and you're funneling government money 
to it. You're, right. All the, all the taxpayers should not be paying for a religious organization's thing. Now, I think the whole there's a whole other issue of, of, of public funds going to private schools that's problematic, period. Right. That's me. Um, but I think everybody, all of our listeners can get on board with this. I mean, this is just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I you know, it's like... It can't be going to Catholic schools. Like, it just can't. It, it just can't be going to... I mean, and Catholic schools are, the, are probably the best case scenario. <laughs> That's actually true. That's like, actually true. Most Catholic schools in the U.S. are actually pretty decent education. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of other non-Catholic religious schools that are some yeah. crazy bullshit. Yeah, this was a bunch of religious conservatives arguing against these things called the, the Blaine Amendments, right? Mm. Which were anti-Catholic. Because we talked about this on the show, I don't know, six months ago maybe, that this was going to be coming up. And right. these Blaine Amendment things, they were anti-Catholic, right? They, they were specifically, they, they came out of this moment of of anti-catholic sentiment and right and but but it, the the school system sort of worked differently back then and it was you know it wasn't this issue of public schools versus right yeah it I, was the, and know. it and it, you know when you actually read into some of these so you know some of the the discussion of this justice alito wrote his own separate opinion and and talked about anti-catholic bigotry. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, that's not what this is about. Right. This is about evangelicals. They're using this argument. Sorry, that was yeah. what I was trying to get at. They yeah. they're using this like, "Oh, we can't be anti-catholic since when, by the way, evangelicals." Right? Uh, right. Like <laughs> like I grew up in 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 rural Oklahoma right. with a lot of these folks. I know the sentiment about Catholics. Um so like anyway yeah yeah Sorry. well and brett kavanaugh currently apparently has two daughters who attend catholic schools so great you know I, it's just one of those things where the, litigate that issue on a thing where it's you know in a case where it's actually like relevant not on in a case that's just deciding if co- government money should go to religions right yeah but you know, this is this is the weird times, so that's how that is. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got another story that s- somehow turns out to be another problem of separation of church and state. But it starts Fun. off with something that seems seems great and is great, actually. Uh, Mississippi, um, as I'm sure everybody has 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 heard, and, and uh, has uh, decided to change their their state flag. Uh, they had the last state flag that still had um, the Confederate flag sort of right. in it somehow. Built right? into it. Um, and so obviously in sort of this moment, a lot of pressure was brought to bear. And uh, Mississippi acted fairly quickly, right, to, yeah. to uh, change this. Their legislature um voted on it it's uh let's see the the governor's already signed the bill yeah Um, it's gone and and so like it's it's the state flag is going to be changed and it's specifically the confederate um battle emblem will be removed um which is amazing it's amazing it's awesome um you know congratulations to everybody who worked on this it's it's a it's a big, big deal. It feels um, like progress. It actually feels 
Like the like I mean I hate to sound hopeful in these dire times because right. there's so little hope to be had. Yeah. But that's that's I mean that's great. That's an yeah. awesome thing to have well, happen. There's some amazing but... like the 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 mayor of Richmond, Virginia. You heard about uh -huh. this, right? That he is oh, he yeah. said that all um Confederate statues are coming down. I right? love it. Um, and it's wonderful. And so, like, there's these great things that are happening. However, um, for listeners of this show, there might be something of interest about uh, this uh, bill that was signed <laughs> into law changing uh, the, the Mississippi state flag. Uh, turns out it requires that the phrase, in God we trust, be included on the new flag. Which, yep. okay, if you know anything about vexillology... Right. Um, <laughs> the study of flags. <laughs> if you know anything, right? You know you don't put words on flags. This oh, is the, it's the worst. So, like, I, I know everybody out there is like, I don't want in God we trust on this flag, you know, for, you know, your atheist reasons, right? Uh, as uh, an armchair, you know, vexillologist, um, I have to say what I find most offensive is it they're putting words on the floor? Oh my god. Of course you would take that tack. Of course that would be your objection. <laughs> now, of I listened to the 99% in Invisibles <laughs> episode as well, Frank. And somehow I remember the word vexillology too. Um, actually, I just like saying the word. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a great word. It's an uh, awesome word. I think, A, you're right. As a principle of design, <laughs> fucking keep the the words off of the flag. But also, also fuck you fuck guys. You, fuck you. Fuck you. Well, it's nice. You know, sometimes you just got to switch the attention of your bigotry from one group to another. <laughs> it's you just, you just do a swing. You just do a, a, a pan left to yeah. a different group. Get, let let those other ones have some breathing room for a little minute while uh <laughs> while you oppress somebody else. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's so funny that as a group, non-religious people make up like a quarter of Americans. Yeah. And yet we're still like we're still pretty much a non-issue when anybody's ever think you know doing anything out there in the world yeah we're gonna have our moment you know like yeah. there's some here's my attitude about it and it sucks it sucks i hate driving around utah and a third of the license plates now all saying god we trust right i fucking hate it um but sometimes there's bigger fish to fry yeah right and right now there's some pretty fucking big fish and, Absolutely, uh, and so like, I I'm not going to say this is uh, it, part of its progress and part of it's not. You know, yeah. like it just fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a shitty outcome from what should have just been awesome. Right? Let's just move on. Right? Right. And let's just have colors and symbols and stars and yeah. triangles and diamonds and exit whatever you want whatever you want lions right? and tigers and bears you, you it's know just all like of it. get some symbolism on there do whatever yeah. don't make it like keep it simple right and then they did this i'm just yeah. pissed i'm just well really, to really give pissed. a little bit of background i'm gonna i'm gonna do my story because it also takes place in mississippi hmm. and this story is about 
just to give you a bit of background about what they were up against in the, making this flag move, they may have had to include that just to get that flag out of there. It might be true. And the reason that I say that is uh, because I'm going to tell the story of Scott Volland, who was uh, who was bishop in the uh, the Loudness County uh, Church, the Heights. It's called the Heights Church. The Heights, okay. Uh, and and this guy was a was was a, a mucky muck there. Now here's the thing, he is a good guy. He's a white dude, but he has been fighting the good fight for hmm. uh, anti-racism. Mm-hmm. He's been working hard. He's been joining the uh, the 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 you know the Black Lives Mo- Matter movement. He's been outspoken about it, and he got fired because hmm. apparently his decision that you know maybe a Christian who you know believes in the words of Christ should probably feel uh should should have their sensibilities a bit shook up when their culture when their culture is fucking over an entire group of people right but uh yeah the rest of the white christians were not having it and so uh the heights uh <laughs> as a as a, as a church has summarily dismissed him from his from his duties. Good God! For specifically because he uh, because of his activism on this point, he was which is shocking to me. I don't know why is it shocking. It shouldn't be shocking. We're talking about Mississippi. It should be very obvious to me that uh, <laughs> you know when somebody actually wants to fight for the right thing, fight for you know justice and equality and mm. good, you know fight against the maltreatment of fellow humans. Right. It shouldn't shock me that the rest of the group will go, no, we like the racist version. <laughs> Get out of here. We don't want that. Any- we don't want you around. Uh, don't like your, your ways. Golly. So he's going to start his own church, uh, which, uh, which I suppose will be better than that, than the Heights. It's called, it'll be called the bridge. The height. the, the, <laughs> The bridge. The bridge. <laughs> Great. Where do yeah. they come up with these douchey names? Right? <laughs> like the heights, the bridge. It's you know, like they're naming I, like uh, condominium projects, right? Right. Like, uh, Fox Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. Oh. Golly, Dan. Um, yeah. I've got a little bit of a downer of a story. Oh, uh, um, this has to do with um, the Department of Housing and Urban Development. HUD. Right? HUD. Um, they, uh, they have a, a, a new rule that they're proposing um, that would allow homeless shelters to deny transgender people access to single-sex shelters. Um, oh. If, you know, when it's uh, of their, yeah. the, the single-sex shelter of their gender identity. Right. right. Um, so a trans woman could not go to a, the woman's shelter. Exactly. Right. Uh, she would have to go to the men's shelter, um, which we'll get to all of that highly problematic stuff here. Right. Yeah. Um, so there. this is something that the Trump administration has been uh, pushing for, mm-hmm. obviously, right. um, in their um, you know, effort to... 
be awful. Um, yeah, you know, go after um, the people with sort of the least, you know, the, the most vulnerable people. The most vulnerable people in our country in order to score yeah. points with, you know, his base. That, yeah. That, that thing that he's doing yeah right it's such a cute thing that yeah. he does it's 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 really cool that he's he's doing this for uh the fucking bigots in the religious right right um so anyway um hud said in an announcement that the proposed regulation would ensure that shelters i don't know how this works must not discriminate based on sexual orientation or transgender status um adding that the changes better accommodate the religious beliefs of shelter providers there's mm. the issue right there. Mm. Um, so this is all about um, religiously run or shelters run by religious groups being able to say, you know, they don't want transgender people in their their place because effectively, here's the deal: um, if a transgender woman who is being uh, denied access to a shelter where she's going to be safest i.e. the right. women's shelter right. um she would be instead referred to a shelter that accommodates men and this is where they face um these women face abuse and assault yeah um and quite honestly i um, get murdered yeah frequently yeah this is bad shit this is yeah. this is really really bad, and 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 transgender women um, who find themselves uh, in in a homeless situation are uh, quite often uh, teenagers, yeah. um, and uh, so this is uh, this is this is really wretched shit. It's literally, it's, it's literally, if you could take whatever the opposite of what people claim Jesus's message is, yeah. if you could make the most evil version of that, that's what all of these uh, religious shelters are shooting for. Yeah, I know. Like literally their own, that's your guy Yeah. who said, you know, take the weak and the, and the, the those in need and mm -hmm. take care of them. Yeah. But and, you know, I'm uncomfortable. That 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 lady used to have a penis or whatever, right. and then it's just like they and then they throw human beings out into the street. Well, and apparently the rules are the, the rule would be uh, written, or the rule as proposed is written so broadly um, that potentially uh, <clears throat> the you know women who might be mistaken as transgender. Uh, could oh, also right. be denied. Yeah. Right. Because uh, how are they going to check? Exactly. Like, what? Yeah. They're not allowed, you know, they can't just reach down there or whatever. They, they, there's, there's no way to check it. It's just if you, you know, if somebody at the shelter eyeballs you and yeah. they don't like the look of you, yeah. you're out. Yeah. It's not, you're not taking good care, ladies, you, you bastards. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm going to end us on a, I find it a fun note. Uh, do you remember oh, a few good. weeks ago, I talked about uh, a, a, an American-based, or maybe it's British-based, a, a, a group that uh, has a, an international coalition called God TV. Mm. Okay. And how... Yeah. This is the thing in Israel, right? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they had finally gotten a, a TV channel, a cable channel in uh hebrew in israel 
So they were. Oh, so it's a larger organization. I thought it was just a channel that opened in Israel. No, no, no. This is a this is an international. Yeah, they got they got channels all over the world. Okay, and they okay. were stoked about it. But then they got in some hot water because, and really, they should have known this. Uh, <laughs> but the Israeli government issued them a this. Uh, you know, the the uh, license to to broadcast. Yeah, with the understanding that they wouldn't try to indoctrinate. Israeli people into Christianity. <laughs> well, right. guess what? That's all they were trying to do. That was their entire goal. <laughs> like, I mean, they said that their entire goal, that their goal was just to have to have some programming for the Christians of Israel. But no, hmm. their whole thing, and they said it out loud on their fundraise, like they were when they were trying to raise funds. To get this thing off the ground, because uh -huh. of course they'll just ask their people to get, you know, rather than raising money for a business the way businesses raise money, they're like, hey, give us free money. And their people did. But like their whole thing was like, their entire pitch was nobody's ever been able to preach Jesus to these Jews in their own language on cable TV or whatever. So I, the warning signs were there. <laughs> Uh, let's just put it that way. Well, uh, uh, Israeli authorities have ruled that n no, no, you can't do that. And they have been a shutdown. Nice. So that's kind of funny. Uh, they, they are no longer allowed to broadcast. They are allowed, however, to resubmit for their, uh, here's the thing. It's part of the deal is. It's it's not this isn't just a you know a government being grumpy. The Israel has a very sensible law that you're not allowed to try to convert children under 18 to a different religion without oh. at least not without their parents permission. Yeah, okay. That makes total sense to me. Every country should have that law. Yeah. Uh you you That's you a... can't just step in and try, you know, yeah. the Mormons used to do this all the time. Go convert a bunch of kids and 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 then you know hope chalk up and numbers i mean just chalk up some about. numbers get yeah. some baptisms yeah uh but yeah so that's what they ran afoul of really was the the fact that a kid could just be watching this show oh, and uh and then and, you know and be preached at yeah. so these guys are allowed to resubmit for a permit but uh yeah, they're going to have to change their programming significantly if they're going to want to be on on the air. Yeah. Hmm. So, haha -ha to you guys. <laughs> well, listen, kids, if you guys have anything you'd like to say about this or any of our stories this week, please feel free to write in to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yes! Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. Click the like button. Be one of the thousands. Join us. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA members only lounge and request to join as a closed group. We will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. More to come. Hey, Dan. Hey. 
Um, we played him last week, and boy, we just we needed more. We need we just have oh. to go back for seconds. Uh, Scott Lively. Um, oh, I love him. Boy, he's, he's, a, he's got a he's good a head handsome, on. <laughs> handsome bearded man. <laughs> Is he? I was gonna say he has a good head on his shoulders, but um, <laughs> he's and uh, fur on that head. <laughs> um yeah he's he's the crackpot for all of you uh who uh, don't remember his name and what he's famous for he's the one who was behind uganda's um kill the gays bill uh that yeah. criminalized homosexuality and uh even led to death penalty in some cases yeah. Yeah. so um he now uh is uh he he he's 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 lending his uh considerable gravitas and his voice um to um the issue of whether or not we should be wearing masks yeah for you international listeners just so that you know that's apparently a really a, a political football here in uh these united <laughs> states whether yeah. or not you should wear a mask to prevent you and others from getting the global pandemic that's going around that's a that's a hot potato. Yeah. So here's 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 lively chiming in. These things must be balanced against the disastrous consequences of surrendering personal liberty to overreaching government, especially regarding face masks, uh, which are uh, in some ways worse than police enforced lockdowns because they represent a literal quote in your face exercise of status power like islamic head coverings for women or the nazi yellow star for jews unnecessary public mask wearing as opposed to reasonable usage is no less a statement of psychological submission to higher authority than a dog collar in the greater scheme of things i believe liberty is more important than security if one is forced to choose between those two those who don't believe that are ripe for the mark of the beast, which is what this entire season of chaos is really about, in my view. But personally, I would rather die or be maimed from COVID-19 or be beheaded by a mob of anarchists and Islamists than become a safe slave in a global totalitarian government. I want to know how we can help him in his goal to get decapitated. <laughs> I, w I want to be supportive. He he would rather be killed. He would rather die than wear a mask to help save other people's lives. I want to support him in that in that venture. He does. It, it, oh God, it it does seem like um, what's the nicest way of saying this? That the world would be better without him, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, like this. I, I I don't know how this how this thinking could even work. Like he's such a piece of shit. How I, is it, it like he is comparing the wearing of masks to like we know what it's for. Right. There's it's literally there's a virus in some people and we're yeah. trying to keep it from going to from their mouth into another mouth. Yeah. We know exactly what it's for. How could he like the when he made the jump to Nazis, where forcing people to wear wear stars, uh, I just 
like my I think my head exploded yeah. and I might have diarrhea now. I don't <laughs> like what are you doing? I know. I, I like it's a courtesy. It is literally a courtesy because every time you're wearing it, you're not protecting yourself. You're right. literally doing an altruistic uh act. You you right. you are engaged you're being uh, a good member of society every time you wear a mask because you're not receiving protection. You are protecting others from the fact that you may not know that you're a carrier. Of right. It. That's right. it. That's it, you fucking idiot. My like, mask <laughs> protects you. Your mask protects me. Yeah. And it's, it's your easy. unwillingness to wear it doesn't make you a, a warrior for Jesus. It right. makes you a fucking asshole. Yeah. Pure and simple, that's it. Oh my God! This this whole this narrative, I I actually literally can't believe it, anyone has bought it. Even the most conservative, crazed uh, Christian that you can imagine. How how do they buy this idea that these masks are an infringement on liberty? Right. Just because, oh, well, we are forcing you to wear it. Well, we force you to wear seatbelts. We force yeah. you to pass, you know, to yeah. submit your car to things before you drive it. It's a matter of keeping other people safe. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, what if a surgeon was like, you know what? This is like a yeah. dog collar. <laughs> right? <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. leading down the road toward the mark of the beast. So I don't know. I'm not going to wear the gloves either. Fuck it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we've had some folks write into us. And call in. So, he, let's see. Uh, Gene wrote into us to say, hey, Frank and Dan, uh, your last episode reminded me that Jesus has indeed come in more than one color. Oh? Transparent. What? The story of invisible, invisible Jesus is part of the Jehovah's Witnesses' buried history. <laughs> Basically, the founder of the J-Dubs, Charles, uh, Charles Taze Russell, broke off from the Seventh-day Adventists where he was studying under a man named Jonas Wendell. Uh, in the 1860s, Wendell made a prophecy that Jesus would return in 1873. When yeah. 73 came and went, and Jesus definitely did not come... He moved the return to 1874. Then, when huh. Jesus clearly didn't come in 74, he claimed Jesus had come, but was invisible. Hmm. Russell took this all in and went on to found the J-Dubs. In his very first Watchtower publication, he claimed that Jesus had come invisibly, <laughs> and that meant Armageddon was nigh at hand. Ooh. Okay. Interestingly... Uh, I discovered all of this uh, after studying the J-Dubs for over two years, and this story was what convinced me not to join. <laughs> Stay wow. healthy and keep up the great work. Thanks, Gene. Yeah. That is some nuttiness. Yes. See through Jesus. Yeah, clear. My favorite color. <laughs> right? It's, it's clear. <laughs> it's clear. Uh, let's see. Should we do uh, the voicemail? Yeah. So um, uh, this this caller um, is responding to a story uh, that we talked about last week um, about sort of the demise of some of specifically sort of the largest anti-gay conversion program. 
um and uh and i believe that's what he's responding to and 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 because one of the things that we were talking about is how these these programs will sometimes um they'll, they'll they'll be like oh well you know a real man rides a motorcycle a real man plays <laughs> team sports a real man right and so it's like you're right. like, oh okay well i gotta get my leather chaps on that's not gay right and uh <laughs> and uh yeah and so anyway he's responding to that hey frank and dan this is cody from the richfield area in utah i just wanted to say that as a gay man that enjoys shooting guns has taken ridiculous road trips on motorcycles actually enjoys going on the mountain to get firewood likes to hunt, and is employed as a machinist, I'm very often told that I easily out-straight straight guys. And as onerous as it likely would be, I think it might be fun to go to a camp such as you guys talked about in the last episode, number 447, and just really screw with the camp operator's paradigm. Anyway, love what you do. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Following in the footsteps of... Uh... Of those super manly straight guys, the village people with their <laughs> their construction worker oh, and yeah. their their motorcycle leather daddy and all of that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I I know a lot of gay guys and I I know several gym rats that will put any straight dude's manliness to shame. So <laughs> Frankly, it's it, yeah, that's a hilarious tactic to be like, well, just do more manly shit. You'll be straight as an arrow before you know it. <laughs> yeah, no, because you're just going to go meet other gay right. men who are yeah. manly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just put more fringe on the motorcycle. It'll all turn out okay. <laughs> so do we have anybody to thank? We do, Dan. Uh, we have one new patron on Patreon. This fine oh. person went to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and clicked on the support tab, followed the links on over to Patreon, and signed up as a deacon. Oh. And so we have now Christine, who's a new deacon, Dan. Oh, Christine, congratulations on your uh, on your your uh, authority now <laughs> as a as a member of the priesthood. You do so well much. done. So much as a deacon. <laughs> All right, and of course we have our top donor, Dan, our Lord and Savior, Davis. Oh, listen, kids, if you want to do this, uh, I I heavily encourage it, and uh, I think Davis can attest to the blessings that come. So many uh, when you decide to be a, a donor to this uh, podcast of ours. It's free to you, but uh, it doesn't have to be. You can pay us some money. So yeah, go to pay, go to thankautomatheist.com. And, uh, and, and and give a little bit or give till it hurts, whatever whatever you want, and you'll be one of our favorite people too. Thanks guys. Hey Dan. Hey. Have you ever heard of Met Harrison? Uh, Is that how you say or this Meta, name? Meta or whatever. Meet. Not not until you sent me this article I hadn't. <laughs> She's apparently a writer. She's a Utah novelist. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Matt. Um, 
Yeah, n- uh, until very recently, she was an apparently an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, commonly known as Mormons. The Mormons! Um, the people we like to talk about a lot. Yeah, um, well, because to o- <laughs> but only because they ruined most of our childhood. <laughs> you mean all? Um, or, yeah, or all. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so as she's sort of, she doesn't go to, to uh, church anymore, and she doesn't really consider herself Mormon, and, uh, but that hasn't, her, 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 the fact that she doesn't consider herself Mormon anymore hasn't really stopped her from being really judgmental. I mean, you mm. would, you would think hopefully as you leave Mormonism <laughs> that you could leave your judgmentalness behind she's you. She's held on to that part of her heritage. <laughs> she's, she's good at it. Good God. Yeah. So anyway, she was sort of, she kind of got out into like this ex Mormon little realm and started meeting ex Mormons and everything. And she, yeah. she realized that ex Mormons, they, they, they have like their own doctrines. And so <laughs> like their own, like. And it actually, what she's talking about is probably more dogma than doctrine. Yeah, but what she's you doing know, is, you know, she's, like, she's not she's to trying be pedantic to be, or anything. She's trying to be clever about uh, the people on the outside are just as bad as the people on the inside. And she's written a yeah. little cute little op-ed about it. Oh, it's just the greatest. And so we wanted to um, rip this thing apart. I think is the right way to, to phrase it. So these are the doctrines, right? These are the things she says, here are the top things ex-Mormons know are true. Number one, you will be healed by trying every substance forbidden by the word of wisdom. <laughs> and now to remind our non-Mormon listeners, our never Mormon listeners, the word of wisdom is, uh, is the set of rules that Mormons have about what they can and can't uh, put in their bodies. Like, no alcohol, no coffee, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and, uh, and so she's saying things like, I feel pressure sometimes from other post-Mormons uh, to talk about how great it is to drink alcohol and to be able to relax socially with friends, right? I've tried, oh, a, hand- I've tried a handful of drinks, taking no more than a sip before making a face and deciding firmly, no thanks. So she's also that person. Um, right. They all taste like either... <laughs> floor polish or rotten fruit to me and yes i know what floor polish tastes like from childhood she was probably a really oh good God. novelist actually but oh, anyway yeah. her, so- i i can't wait to get my hands on her books I, I i'm sure they're all sold out at amazon at this point but i'll wait anyway um so she's sort of taking a stance of like again her judgmental stance that you know ex-mormons they're just they're just the, the, basically that we f- that we all feel compelled to prove how not Mormon we are, right? That's right. that's what she's saying here, right? And that, and that she feels that, pressured yeah. to drink alcohol. To fuck that. Yeah, no way. Who are these asshole ex Mormons you're hanging out with? Right. Yeah, you might be you might be hanging out with real dickheads because <laughs> I I I have as a you know in my capacity as a very uh, as one of the revered leaders. Of the ex-Mormon uh, <laughs> of group, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not actually that, uh, but I've definitely been able to meet a lot of uh, of exmos. Let me tell you something. There's plenty that don't drink. Right. There's plenty that like nobody's putting any pressure on anybody. Oh, you got it. Isn't it great that we can drink now? No, I didn't right. drink for years after I left the church. Right. 
I mean, there is a strong, a strong, sorry, uh, drinking culture amongst ex-Mormons, right? Sure. Of course there is. And there's, and there's a lot of play around it because it's fun to, like, you know, there's that, um, I think there's actually, like, a, the ex-Mormon beer drinking group or the, or the, sure. the ex-Mormon drinking team, right? Where they, right. Act, they and it's not for real, it's tongue-in-cheek, and their, their little logo is the angel moroni but it's a beer bong that he's holding instead of a trumpet right, right? right and so like but but it's all in sort of good fun in like poking fun at mormonism and the restrictions of mormonism and and, and celebrating the fact that we're free now of, to like yeah, explore of, of letting go of that and yeah. like and and okay well if you want to if that's if that's your cup of tea you know, no pun intended. Yeah. Then, then you can, uh, then you can have it, and that's great. You know, but instead, she's just like. So here's like another thing she has to say. She says many ex Mormons also say that coffee will heal you physically. <laughs> what? That coffee and tea are much healthier than diet coke and monster drinks many Mormons use for their caffeine intake. I'll drink coffee sometimes, but only with so much sugar and cream that no one could p- uh, pretend it is healthy. Like, yeah. So. Are you drinking it wrong? Maybe. Right. Or and are also you di- like <laughs> Also nobody has ever said that to you. No, no one has ever said coffee will heal you physically. I don't they get might that. say they might claim that it's healthier than diet coke or monster oh, yeah. drinks. Cuz uh yeah, it probably is. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's going to I mean, you know, if here's a, here's the truth, there are plenty of ex-Mormons, plenty of Mormons who like develop a 64 ounces of diet coke a day habit yeah. or whatever yeah so yeah maybe quitting that might heal you physically a little bit and if coffee can be the sort of bridge <laughs> yeah. to you letting go of yeah. gallons of of uh nasty yeah. you know aspartame laden uh soda yeah maybe that's maybe that's going to be helpful yeah. but nobody's claiming that coffee will heal shut up can, they, can my response to her, every time you say something that she says, I'm just going to say shut up. Okay, so here's number two then. Okay. Your sex life will improve and you will feel better about your body. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's, she's like, uh, from other post-Mormons, I hear a lot of versions of the following. Alcohol and, and or drugs will aid your sex life. Tank tops <laughs> will make you feel better about your body. Uh, there's nothing wrong with pornography, and it may be good for you. Okay. What? I'm going to stop you right there this? because, listen, no one has said, uh, I mean, look, people might have said, hey, I tried this drug, you know, I tried Molly, and I liked what it did for my sex life, but no one's no one's going, look, you ain't had sex until you've had drunk sex. No, Like, <laughs> nobody's saying that. <laughs> and also, like... The fact that you may have heard someone say, I appreciate the fact that I'm allowed to wear tank tops now, yeah. does does not equate to tank tops will make you feel better about your body. That's a no. different thing. That is, yeah, that's, that's you more are, of a You process. are mischaracterizing what you heard, my friend. <laughs> and also, yeah, porn... No, nobody's claiming that it's... I mean, may, maybe people are claiming that it's good for you, but at very least... All they're trying to do is celebrate the fact that they no longer believe the stupid lie that it's this poisonous thing that's going to kill you. Right. 
She says, I'm a little cautious about adding pornography to my sex life. Some sexy... <laughs> really? Yeah, some sexy you scenes... Uh, <laughs> cautious about any adding things to your sex life? We're Get all this. shocked. Get this, though. Get this, Dan. Some sexy scenes from a good romantic comedy, however, are great. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh... <laughs> uh, uh. God. Look, it's I, I I would never claim that bad things cannot come from porn. Uh, there are plenty of things that can go wrong with mm, porn viewing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, come on, you, if you you know if you're watching some rom com and getting hot and bothered, <laughs> I mean, look, Mormons are famously vanilla, and ex Mormon is probably going to be pr pretty vanilla for for a while, a good long while, but. Sh this, all of this, and this is the whole problem that I have. Uh, I know we're only part way through these, but I, I, my whole problem with her thing is she's a neophyte in a group. Yeah. She's new. Yeah. And she thinks she gets to speak about, like, here's what's wrong. All with the that, problems in I've that group. I've experienced all of it. I, I know what I'm talking about. Right. I have had sips from multiple drinks, yeah. Frank. <laughs> I know what I'm talking this about. This tastes like rotten fruit. Okay. Yeah. Does really great, yeah. Also, none like, of us are drinking it for the alcohol flavor. So, yeah, exactly. Maybe there's more to it than that, <laughs> and maybe there's well, more to it. And there's kind also of like, like, and here's the deal. Like, I remember I used to get on the ex Mormon uh, Reddit, the, the subreddit, right? Uh -huh. um, and a lot of people would like be very proud of their like. I've just. Um, I've just started drinking and I want to, um, and, and, and here's my favorite drink. And it's like, it's like a fucking rum and Coke or something. Right. And it's right. like, Oh God. Okay. Um, and, and so like what, what I found was that like, you would hear all these people talking about their favorite, you know, new drink and everything. And it was always like, you know, I mean, if, do they still make Zima? I'm sure they do, but it was always like these things that are like not actually all that great, right? And right. I was, and I always wanted to get on there and be like, you know, there's actually like a whole like crazy, way better world of drinking waiting for you if you're willing to like jump in and try some like not super sweet flavors, right? And like, like yeah, there's but people, but some people need just, their transition. They stuff. do need their transition stuff, right? Um, but what I see is that she's in with an ex mormon this is what I'm leading to is that she's in with an with probably some new ex mormons as well right right and and maybe their tastes haven't like moved on to like really hoppy beer or or really like dark malty beer or you know maybe they're willing to spend more than 8 dollars on a bottle of wine you know what i mean right, like yeah. Like maybe they're not there yet where they've like discovered, holy shit, like somebody at a dinner party opens a nice bottle of wine and they're like, fucking hell, what is this? Right. right? And so they just think it's all this like cheap shit that you drink when you're like, you know, right. 20, you know, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like, and I, you know, I, this is, this is me recounting the experience of other people I've talked to, but you know, there's this thing of when a, you know, when a, um, middle-aged man comes out as gay mm. there's this sort of new second adolescence yeah. that has to happen absolutely as he gets as he gets used to a, you know a whole new world of thinking and a whole new way of being and all this stuff and i think the same thing kind of happens when you leave a religion you go through this this you know you're exploring things that are very new to you and you you're just fresh and 
you don't understand a lot of stuff, and that's great. Like, we support you if that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. Just shut the fuck up. You don't know anything yet. <laughs> all right, so this you is... Just have to un- you just have to know that you don't know anything, and yeah. then we're all going to love you and take care of you. Yeah. All right, item number three oh, of uh, ex-Mormon doctrine. Joseph Smith was a pedophile, and Brigham Young was a racist. <laughs> and I love this one. I love this one because... She basically goes, well, yeah, but stop saying it. Like, that's her whole th- <laughs> Like, her whole thing is like, Sh- shut up, though. <laughs> it's not as clever as you think it is. I mean, she does say that she, as far as Brigham Young is concerned, he flat out was a racist. Um, yeah, because he uh, was straight up a horrible, yeah. horrible racist. And she says, well, I can see redeeming qualities in other church prophets who were also racist. Okay, problematic, but let's go. Let's follow her her train of thought. Um, yeah. I'm afraid Brigham Young is hard for me to uphold. I suppose by by leading the Latter Day Saints to Utah, he made it possible for us to survive, and he created a cohesive empire. Brutally. I mean, I just I love that wow. she's she's still using the us phrasing. Yeah, he he made it possible for us to survive. That says so much to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're still, you're still a Mormon. This is you. You don't believe the doctrine, but you haven't extricated yourself. That is yet. incredibly true, and thus you shouldn't be writing this. Um, right. All right. Um, number four. You need to read the following white male authors. <laughs> she, she says, "I've pushed back with ex Mormons on what I see as worshiping a new set of secular prophets," and then she lists lists off. A bunch of names. Um, Richard Dawkins. Dawkins is included. Reza oh. Aslan. Um, oh. Uh, Daniel. Right. Uh, kind of Which a, is yeah, hilarious because uh, Reza Aslan is Iranian. He's not, he's like, you just, you started your thing with white male authors and then you give us non-white male authors. Like, okay. Her, her big beef here is she goes, she has like this uh she's she's saying that they're that this group of new secular prophets are largely male um sometimes there's an exception for Brene brown she says oh my god Um, i mean okay i you know what i'll go with her on this one i would love to see more uh non-white female mm -hmm. or or non-male uh writers yeah and enter the mix in terms uh you know in uh, in the uh the sort of yeah more voices welcome, right? More voices is great. Yeah, but also you do kind of need to read the literature. <laughs> yeah, like before you're you in, start you're part, on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're part of a new thing. You should probably read. Do some of the reading. Yeah. All right. And I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Richard Dawkins, Bart Ehrman, like these are guys that you probably you know nobody's saying you need to believe them, but do the reading. Yep. All right. Item number five, Dan. Uh oh. Science is the way to all truth. Oh. She's got us there. We do kind of like our science. <laughs> oh, she says, I've tried to point out that I'm not interested in making science my new god because science is a patriarchal structure that isn't different from Mormonism. From science my isn't different from Mormonism? She says really? it's a patriarchal structure. Okay. There might be a lot of I men. Can, there are a lot of men. I can in get science. behind that. Like there, there are definitely like that. There's valid criticism there. 
Mm. But to say that but she's saying science, that science is a patriarchal structure, not that it suffers from a patriarchal structure. Right. Right. Yeah, which exactly. would be more apt in your critique of maybe where of how many women are in science, right? Right. And that's a great critique. And let's talk about it. But also let's talk about the fact that the conclusions of science are demonstrably better than the conclusions of religion. And that's what we're talking about. Like we have science isn't a structure. It isn't a group. Science is just a method. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's the best one we got for determining truth currently. Yep. So I know. So yeah, no, nobody's asking you to make it your god, lady. But they kind of are asking you to pay a little bit more deference to it than, you know, the people who actually believe in magic daddies who live in the sky. Yeah. And so she says, nonetheless, if there's one thing that I love about leaving the patriarchal black and white structure of the LDS church, it's that I don't have to profess my belief uh, in any given set of doctrines, even if I find most of the people around me do. Okay. God. Well, I'm you're, not, you're... <laughs> I'm not in that kind of social club now, so I suppose I will continue being a thorn in the side of every group I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely sounds like she's a peach. Oh, no. Just a really, a real fun person at parties, I'm sure. Oh, God, what's wrong with her? <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, okay. Here's she's going through a process, Dan. Maybe we should she's just She's going her... through some stuff. And she's a writer, and... and she clearly had enough of a connection to, like... And so she got, she got the opportunity to write something like this. And, okay, cool, I guess, whatever. But... You know what I'm going to say? Here's where I want to come, come in on this. Uh, welcome. Congratulations, you figured out that you were raised in a cult and that it's not useful to you. I'm glad yeah. that that has happened for you. Right. And I'm glad that you're here and I know that you're going through a process and you need to feel like you know some shit. Right. But so Welcome. does everyone fucking else around you. Right. Right. Especially yeah. in the ex-Mormon community. Everybody's going through a process. Everybody's trying to find their way out and trying to find a new identity and trying to find their relationship with the things that they were prohibited from ever participating in, right? Yeah. Like they want to go see what it's all about. And yeah. you did, and it wasn't for you. Fine. But guess what? In three years when you're knocking back like five or six drinks at a, at a party, yeah. like, guess what? Welcome. You're like, yeah, like it, exactly. it's a process. It's not instantaneous. Just because you don't like your first sip of alcohol you might try it again and you might like the next drink you try right yeah and guess what yeah, you might you try taking four or five sips yeah. and see what happens then because that's when the alcohol <laughs> part is what people yeah comes it's, in <laughs> exactly and it doesn't come from that one sip right. nobody's going after it for the taste right and you might smoke a joint someday yeah right yeah. or you might uh probably inedible you're gonna do it you're gonna take you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna give go it a that shot way um and you know you're gonna find that coffee's actually really fucking good yeah it's a little bitter for a mormon palate i'll i'll give you that right yeah you, you'll but need to tra transition in you, right? start start with mochas do a mocha <laughs> it's a good it's a good transition drink <laughs> but yes i i you know here's the thing i was a pain in the ass when i first left religion of course i was 
in my 20s, so they're all pains in the ass. All 21-year-olds <laughs> are pains in the ass. But I get it. We're all, you know, we have to, we're, we're all sort of in our process. So I'm going to give her, I'm going to cut her a little bit of slack. I, she shouldn't have published this thing, and I hope that in five years she's horribly <laughs> embarrassed by it. Yeah, I'm I sure she too. will be. Um, but, you know, there you go. It, she's a, you know, I just jumped onto her webpage and she wrote a book called The Monster in Me. Maybe you need to sort of get in touch with that monster in you before you, uh, you start judging other people's monsters. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, listen, folks, if you uh, have anything you'd like to chime in about, please feel free to write to us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. Click the like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA members only lounge and request to join. It is a closed group. We will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. And speaking of Facebook, thanks so much to the, mod to the moderators of the members only lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and to Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.